Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We are live on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and ChrisAnnHall.com, Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV and Samsung TV. Woohoo! <laughs> That's getting to be a mouthful, but it's something to be proud of, don't you think? Yes. Seriously. I am so grateful for all those who have made it possible. We have Strike TV, we have Oath Keepers TV to thank, and then everybody right here that comes that that supports us, whether you support us via super chat, through donations, through the website, through your participation at libertyfirstuniversity.com there's so many ways to support us jc we are off to texas tomorrow yep woohoo texas the come and get it state <laughs> come and get it yep we're going to be come teaching and come and take it sorry come and take it right come and take it we're going to be teaching the constitution friday night in uh sherman texas at the Hampton Inn in Sherman, Texas, begins at seven o'clock. So make sure you come, go, be there or be. Whoops, sorry, I was trying to be cool. Be there or be square. That's what that is. Yeah, that's being cool. Be square. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm just happy to have everybody. Oh, uh, let me forget before before I forget. If you get booted off YouTube, turn around, come back. We're not gone. It's just their way to have it uh, to help kick people off. So if you're watching and you're booted, please come back on YouTube. We will still be here. Hit that thumbs up. Share, share, share. Because remember, I am still in Twitter jail. Twitmo. I am Twit... Is that what they call it? Twitmo. Mm. So share, <laughs> share on Twitter. Share on Twitter. Don't let them silence us. Share on Twitter because I am in Twitmo. How's that? Cool. Yep. So... Uh, we have some really great stuff for you today. I actually have a story here. Let me show this to you right now. Um, Nancy Pelosi. There we go. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, according to CNN, has just handed uh, Trump a campaign gift. Mm -hmm. Okay. A campaign gift. Now, you guys know what we're talking about. Nancy Pelosi took it upon herself to get a contraband hair job. A contraband hair job. So, Chris Ann had a little bit of fun today, and I made a video for you. Jesus, please let this work. Here we go. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. People have to come to their own conclusions. They've seen the facts as presented at the intel in the Intelligence Committee. They've seen the Constitution as, as they know it. They take an oath to protect and defend it, but they see the constitutional experts speak about it. They'll make their own decisions. No one is above the law. The president will be held accountable. Because in the United States of America, no one is above the law. Not even the President of the United States. The President must be held accountable. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. How cool is that? <laughs> Not cool at all. I actually, um, 
I actually went, uh, I, I did a little extra on that one segment where she was explaining about how the investigators were going to be investigating Trump because I couldn't pass up the opportunity to, to watch her stumble over her words and 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 they read the law they the, the constitution they, they they know the constitution they took an oath to the constitution <laughs> i was like come on nancy come on nancy this is cracking me up so miss no one is above the law not even the president of the united states has decided that she's above the law when she needs a hair job is that what that's called a yeah. hair job yeah. is yeah. that what you ladies call that? no that's not what we call it that's what i'm calling it Okay. But here we have do you but here's here's the real kicker. It's one of those lawyer make up words. Yeah, I'm going to make up a word, Thanks. right? Cuz it just sounds more fun. Actually, now here's what her thing is. This is what Nancy Pelosi says. What a slime job this woman is. Ready? Ma- Pelosi responded later Wednesday by saying, I take responsibility for trusting the word of a neighborhood salon I've been to over the years many times. And when they said we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up at that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it was a setup. So I take, up res- I take responsibility for falling for a setup. Wow. She shirks her accountability, hides her responsibility by saying, oh, I'm a victim. I was taken advantage of. I take responsibility for it being their fault. Exactly. Mm. For not only their fault, JC, a setup. They intentionally targeted. targeted and deceived me so that they could put me on video, you know, how that works, right? So actually... Uh, CNN, doing a little bit more than their due diligence, I think, actually went to the salon, the stylist who said, um, I actually asked permission of my owner before we did this. So I, I don't know what, what that's all about. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I found this interesting. Donald Trump, tra- Donald Trump tr- tweeted, maybe I've been watching too much of Pelosi today. Crazy Nancy Pelosi is being decimated for having a beauty parlor opened when all others closed and not for wearing a mask. Despite constantly lecturing everyone else, we will almost certainly take the house, take back the house and send Nancy packing. And then CNN adds this other little bit in here. If Nancy Pelosi can get her hair done in person, you can vote in person. Pass it on. Now, look at how CNN describes this this tweeter, a right wing troll account. I thought we weren't supposed to call people trolls from the leftist perspective. Oh, really? I thought that was I didn't know that, was, that was that was a trigger thing to trigger somebody. If you call them a troll, it's judging them. Right. Mm. You, you, you can't judge them. They're just they're just passionate about what they believe. Right. What it, what exactly makes someone a troll, JC? I don't I don't. I mean, from CNN standards, because I know what makes them for us, you know. But they live under the bridge and guard access. Yeah, I don't think so. That what that was a troll, right? A troll? Yeah, troll. Yeah. Right. The the that the old uh, fable of three troll bridge. Yeah, that's okay. what they, they live under a bridge. Take your word for it. I don't know. All right, everybody, are you ready? For for the miracle that has occurred. I bet you don't even know about this miracle, JC. Nope. 
So apparently someone in the federal government found a lost Dead Sea Scroll of the Constitution of the United States. Mm. Good. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Goats Grove. For that's Billy, that's, what that's I right. Remember. Billy Goats. I was trying to come. I knew it had something to do with goats. Bridge. The Billy Goats Grove. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so apparently the federal government, specifically now the executive branch, has found these Dead Sea Scrolls lost pages from the Constitution, which grants, are you ready, the CDC the authority to create a moratorium for rent. So remember, just so you know, the CDC is a PPP. It is a private-public partnership where three-quarters of it is a non-profit NGO, non-governmental organization, Mm -hmm. and the other part of it is a one quarter of it is actually a government agency okay so what we have is this ppo this private public partnership which is now taking legislation that has been expired that will ex- that expired in july so under the cares act congress created a moratorium on rent Now, the legislation that was created by Congress was only to cover governmental renting buildings. So if you were living in federal housing, right? The CDC has taken this moratorium, which expired in July, and then by by executive order, not from the president, from the CDC, an edict that hasn't even been published yet, but was a leaked to the media. So if you see at the top of this page, it's not even to be published on the Federal Register until tomorrow. But the CDC put a temporary halt in residential evictions to prevent the further spread of COVID. Now, this doesn't simply apply to federal housing. This applies to all housing. So now what we have is a public-private partnership writing law taking property from private property issuing a moratorium and what's crazy is i mean i'm sure i don't have to tell our listeners that the cdc has absolutely no authority to engage in eminent domain they don't have any authority to take property from private businesses and even if they did jc Even if they did, they would have to follow the Constitution's requirement of due process and just compensation. Here's how they get around it. This is crazy. All right, so here is the background, right? The background is if you get evicted and you live on the street and you're homeless, uh, you will spread COVID. So because you will spread COVID if you're homeless, then the CDC has authority by the way, under federal law, the authority for this order is Section 361 of the Public Health Service Act. So I happen to know that the Public Health Service Act does not give the CDC authority to write law. But so you don't, so you don't spread COVID, you get to, to have a moratorium to not pay your rent. Now, what's interesting is 
the way the CDC defines moratorium. Okay, so under this order, a landlord, owner of a residential property, or other persons with a legal right to pursue eviction or or possessory action shall not evict any covered person from any residential property in any jurisdiction to which this order applies during the effective period of the order. Now, the order, remember, the legislation was... Uh, the legislation created by Congress expired in July. This now picks up and continues until December 31st. And the only people that are excluded are tribal areas with a moratorium on their own, state, local territories with moratoriums on their own. It doesn't apply to America Samoa because America Samoa has reported no cases of covid By the way, that seems to be a loophole. If the states would have been smart and just simply reported no COVID cases, can you imagine? Oh, no, we've we've not had any COVID here. No COVID positives in our state, our county, our city at all. But then they'd have missed out on that that federal money. Right. So now watch this. How does it work? How do you get to be excused from, well, maybe not excused from paying your rent, a moratorium. All that has to happen is that the tenants must file a declaration that they qualify. This does not go through the CDC for approval, so it's not actually CDC that's issuing the moratorium. They have created the application, the declaration, and then the people fill out the applic- the declaration, and it is incumbent upon the landlord to determine whether they meet the CDC qualifications for the moratorium. Now watch what it says. Uh, the person, the, these persons must provide an executed copy of the declaration form or a similar declaration under per- penalty of perjury to their landlord, owner of the residential property where they live, or other persons who has a right to have them evicted or removed from where they live. Now, I forgot to mention, uh, it doesn't cover you from foreclosure. Okay, so you, if you fall default on your loan on your home, the bank can evict you, but the landlord cannot if you're merely renting. Each adult listed on the lease, rental agreement, or housing contract should likewise complete the declaration. Unless the CDC order is extended, changed, or ended, the order prevents these persons from being evicted or removed from where they are living through December 31st, 2020. Now watch. These persons are still required to pay rent and to follow all other terms of their lease and rules of the place where they live These persons may also still be evicted for reasons other than not paying rent or making a house payment. So if there's a moratorium and you still have to pay your rent, but you can't get evicted for not paying your rent, do you still have to pay your rent? Yeah, what they're saying is a later date. That's No, I mean, they're saying now. The The no, thing no, says no. I am still responsible when you read Cor- the form. Correct. Yeah, you're responsible. That's yes. the whole point of moratorium. You're not responsible now and can't be evicted. So what, what it's saying is at a time, you're going to have to pay it. That, to me, is one of the biggest problems of this that 
is probably going to not even be comprehended by the people. Right. It, it actually sets up a scenario where the people are in a worse situation. Mm-hmm. If you're evicted, you're no longer you're no longer under obligation of a continued lease. Right. In that sense, mm-hmm. if you're there, it's done. Boom. Here, what this does, you get to stay while you're not paying. But at some point when this thing goes away, then all of a sudden you have this ballooned oh, yeah. amount that they you owe. actually say that in So here. whatever, whatever, whatever problems that the people are having that cause them to not be able to pay rent is going to be exacerbated when there's, you know, multiple thousand dollar bill that you now owe later. Well, because you know how, let's, let's say you've, you've known people, you've lived for a while, you know how some people take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be saving whatever. They're not going to be putting away yes. money that they get to deal with this later. They're going to be like, oh, I could stay for free and then spend it on whatever. You've seen the, the statistics on the stimulus checks, all the money that people have gotten, you know, as so-called relief for these problems. They've gone, they've gone out and bought TVs and uh, take, you know, whatever. It's all discretionary entertainment, that sort of thing. Um, so they're not going to have the money when the bill comes due later. So really this this whole once again the government interfering to so-called fix a problem, you're going to see on down the road big problems for people that that took advantage of this help. Now watch this. Okay? So who qualifies? If you are a single renter, you qualify if you earn no more than $100,000 a year. You're a needy person now in America if you make less than $100,000 a year and you live alone. If you file uh, jointly in a tax return, then you qualify if under your joint tax return you make no more than $198,000 a year. So you are needy in America now if you make less than, uh, well, if you make $197,000 a year, you are needy in America and just as you said, J.C., uh, the, the form actually says that you will have to pay this back. Mm-hmm. Here is the affidavit that they have at the bottom of the thing that you're supposed to fill out. Now, remember, the CDC is not going. I'll go ahead and put that up there. The CDC is not going to be inf- getting any, uh, approving any of these. You must just simply fill out the affidavit. And submit it to your landlord. And, and stop paying rent. And stop paying <laughs> rent. Now, mind you, it also mentions in here that you, even if you get a stimulus payment to pay your rent, you don't have to use that stimulus payment to pay your rent. And that's what these people are going to key in on. Yeah. I'm telling you. All right. Set their, <laughs> these folks are being set up for absolutely problems in the future. I mean, that, and that's that's not, I'm not even speaking about, you know, Government controlling property, take essentially taking property from the property owners, the landlords, right? That's that seems pretty straightforward. But I think the thing people are not seeing are the trouble that's coming for the folks that take advantage of this. So here's the affidavit. The affidavit says that I certify under penalty of perjury uh, that the foregoing are true and correct. I've used best efforts to obtain all available government assistance for rent or housing, not to include the stimulus check, right? Not to include. I either expect to earn no more than 99000 in annual income or, if jointly, 198000 in annual income. 
and was not required to report any income in 2019 to the U.S. Uh, to the IRS or receive any economic impact stimulus check pursuant to Section. Right. So you, you if you didn't qualify for the stimulus check, you don't qualify for this. Okay. Now, what is the what is the incentive or the uh, penalties? Well, first, what's the incentive for a landlord, a property owner, for instance, who makes this is this is their living, mm-hmm. right? This is how they eat and pay their own rent mm-hmm. or whatever they need bills they need to pay is earnings off property and rent they collect from people. What's and their incentive? Number two, what is the punishment? What's the penalty? If because it basically sounds like the CDC and HHS, this is more like a intimidation kind of thing. Well, we'll get there. Are they making the landlord do it? We'll get there. All right. So I am unable to pay my full rent or make full housing payment due to substantial loss of household income. I am using best efforts to make timely partial payments. Uh, taking into fi- uh, If evicted, I would likely become homeless and need to move in a homeless shelter or need to move into a new residence shared by other people who live in close quarters because I have no other available housing. I understand that I must still pay rent or make housing payment and comply with other obligations that I have, that I may have under my tenancy, lease agreement, or similar contract. I further understand that fees, penalties, or interest for not paying rent or making housing payment on time as required by my tenancy, lease agreement, or similar contract may still be charged or collected. Mm Mm-hmm. You see, that's what's interesting. Number one, you, you know, we've been around this system long enough, JC. N- how many people are going to hear in the news that the CDC has issued a moratorium on paying your rent? And that's as far as they're going to go. <laughs> just stop paying. They're just going to stop paying, <laughs> right? And yeah. then the landlords are going to m- not know that they have to provide some kind of affidavit. And so then they're like, I'm stuck. So maybe you get an educated landlord who actually goes to... Uh, to the tenant and says, "Where, where's your affidavit? And the tenant says, I, I don't have any affidavit. So then he goes to the sheriff's department, right? He goes to the sheriff's department and says, I want to issue an eviction for this person. And the sheriff says, no, there's a moratorium. How many sheriffs do you know that are going to actually, uh, are actually going to go and, read and educate themselves and say oh well they have to have an affidavit yeah you know you could look at this from another perspective too as a as a um i mean aside from (laughs) these people having no authority to do this it it could be a help to the the property owners in the sense of let's say let's say they just worked it out like like you probably should work it out. The tenant works it out with their landlord and landlord decides, okay, I'm, I'm not going to collect rent these few months. It's fine. This actually sets it up where it says the land, there's an expectation that the landlord would mm-hmm. continue to charge you plus pay interest late fees. Cause so it doesn't put the landlord in a position of being like, you know, Oh, I'm breaking the law by just charging them rent. Right. So, you could look at it that way from property owner's perspective as as a positive as far as those details. Right. But I, it's, I suspect it's not going to play out that way. Like I said, this looks like something that will put people in a bind who think, 
oh, I just don't have to pay anything. Yeah, and think about this, though. I mean, the landlords are still going to have to pay their their property taxes. Yeah. The landlords are still going to have to pay the notes on the businesses if they still, if they actually uh, fail to, nobody's going to give them a moratorium. I thought because I... That's yeah. You know, I thought I heard cover of, mortgages. Right. I thought I heard a few, uh, few municipalities suspending property tax. Um, not I enough. I have not. No, I have not heard of any banks saying, you know, you just like pro- a lot of the pro- the property owners, quote unquote, that rent out properties. They actually carry a mortgage mm-hmm. and and rent out those properties. So I have I've yet to hear of a bank saying, no, you don't have to pay your your mortgage at this time if you're, you know, if you're a landlord or, you know, uh, real estate or whatever. You have so, you have rental properties. I haven't heard that. So what if you're a landlord and you're like, wait a minute, this is a government taking of my property. I am d- entitled to due process. Yeah. I am entitled to just compensation. It's the federal government, mind you, that's doing this. So the Fifth and Seventh Amendments are uh, will will apply. The Fifth Amendment requires due process, just compensation. The Seventh Amendment defines that due process as a trial by jury before the taking can take place. Right. Now you're set that, now they've set up a sort of after-the-fact scenario. It's been taken under color of law, right? You're given permission for these people to break their contracts. Um, but then at the same time, you're saying, well, you can collect it after the fact. Does this mean that now the property owners and the landlords are going to have to go through some sort of legal action. I mean, you're, you're going you're gonna to now be piled up with all this time and effort and attorneys to recoup what these people didn't pay you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. How is that going to work? Absolutely. You will, well, we, number crazy. one, you, you, but you and I both know you, how this, you already said how it's going to work. People will be like, woohoo, free rent, yeah. right? And they're not going to save that money. You're going to have to go through collections, right? Right. And the attorney fees and the court costs to do those collections. And you can't get blood from a turnip. So if the people aren't actually paying now, yeah. they're not going to pay later. So some banks have been deferring payments on mortgages. That's good. So it's it's yeah, but uh, it, but you're still going to have to pay it now. Look, and are suggesting refinance. <laughs> you don't want to pay as much refinance. Refinance yeah. it, That's, yeah, because then, then we'll charge fees on the refinance, the so right. we can get our little kickback. Uh, it sounds like now a watch, big boondoggle. You, you asked what the incentive was here, JC. Here it is. You will be a federal criminal as a landlord if you do not follow this. Hmm. Under 18 U.S.C. 3559 and several other sections, a person violating this order may be subject to a fine of no more than $100,000 if the violation does not result in a death or in or one year in jail or both. So you can go to a jail for a year and a $100,000 fine if you evict someone inappropriately. Mind you, there's no check and balance here, right? Because the CDC is not approving any any uh, of these applications, it's up to the landlord now to prove that the application is not valid. So the burden of proof has shifted. Under now, the logic of you send them outside so they catch COVID and die, what if they have COVID already in your property? Then you, Can you are take them out of your property because n- no. they have COVID? Well, no, because then their COVID is contained at your expense, right? <laughs> 
An organization violating Your this order, zone. yeah, an organization violating this order may subject to a fine of no more than two hundred thousand dollars per event, and uh, if no death results, or five hundred thousand dollars per event if the violation results in a death. So, if you're a mom and pop, you know, like you and I, if we own a property and we're renting it, we are subject to a year in jail and a hundred thousand dollars. But if you have a corporation that owns the property, it's $200,000 and nobody goes to jail. The U.S. Department of Justice may initiate court proceedings as appropriate, seeking imposition of these criminal penalties. If you do not follow this, then you are now a federal criminal. What, a, what, a, what an upside-down world. We, we have the Center for Disease Control controlling rent. Rental, yes, this is, and I don't know, I'm trying to scratch my brain, JC, this is Health probably one of the most socialist things that our executive branch yeah. has done so far. We're actually seizing private property to house people. Sick people. No, you don't have to be sick, you just have to not pay your rent. But that's their logic. Seriously, COVID, how many we people... Don't, or we don't want you to get sick. I'd like to make... Paying rent makes you catch COVID. Yeah, paying rent makes you catch... Oh, there that's another one for our <laughs> list, right? Paying rent makes you catch COVID. Yeah. Or not paying rent. Right, not, not paying. Because if you don't pay rent, you get evicted, then you get COVID when you leave. Right. But paying rent means you... I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I can't even keep up with it All anymore. Right. I don't even know anymore. All right, JC, this is this is head explosion day, right? Wait, let me ask you this question. Do you think, put your tinfoil on for a second. Do you think this is an indication that we might be subject to another lockdown? Because they've expanded this now to December 31st? Uh, you know, they... It hasn't been long ago they were floating the two-year narrative, right? Yeah. That, that this this will last for two years. So mm -hmm. you never know. I mean, I don't know. It's it's again, it's what so, a wacky. Okay, so this just came to my, you. This this whole incentive thing. What is the incentive of the landlord thing? Keeps running through my brain. What is the incentive for the landlord to keep that property? Right? Why doesn't the landlord just sell the property? Or a landlord, I mean, if you can't pay your mortgage, then it's going to be foreclosed on because not all the banks are foregoing foreclosure. And the CDC does, says that they can still foreclose on you. They just can't evict you. If they're not, they're taking your house, you don't live in it. So what happens to the tenants who live in a house that no one owns? Oh, brother. Right? You yeah. don't have a contract with the bank to lease that house so there's no rental agreement and now you don't have to pay rent and the bank can't evict you don't don't give them ideas i'm just saying that's that's where all of this is uh, mad max thunderdome world yeah it is it's absolutely nuts that's crazy i mean i i've i've seen stories the cdc of, an ngo jc yeah. an ngo i've seen legislation without representation i've seen numerous stories of Property owners, landlords, you know, just working it out yeah. with the renters. Like we're we'll do this, you pay what you can and but you know, every everybody's in the same situation uh in, in a lot of these places. So why it's just a I mean I 
I guess, you know, you have to have a place to stay. The property owner has somewhere else to stay. I, I don't know. But, again, everybody has to pay their bills. So what happens it seems then, more, It seems more of that sort of divide and categorize. Like mm-hmm. if, you're, if you are a, a property owner, you're the rich. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay, if, it's okay if you don't get paid. How many people out there would think that $197,000 a year makes you a rich person? Well, I, I mean, that's all. That, but, but the CDC doesn't say it depends on where you live. No. The no, CDC no. C says if you make $197,999.99, you are too poor to pay your rent. Maybe this sets up the scenario of, you know, see, you shouldn't have, you, you shouldn't live in places that belong to private individuals. You, you wouldn't be in this scenario if you if you didn't have that kind of arrangement. See, we could build these smart cities with government houses and stack you and pack you, and then we're in control of it. We could, we could say whether you pay, don't pay, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. So this kind of sets up a, a nice little narrative of why do we have private, why would we have private property and private contracts with property anyway? Right, because is where's that, the incentive what, for is the Is that pri- what they're trying to seed? Yeah, so where's the incentive for the private property owner to even rent to other people if the government's just going to come and take it anyway? Yeah. And create this big balloon, as you said, on December 31st. So on January 1, 2021, when there's no more moratorium and everybody has to pay uh. what their rent, they pay their rent, they pay the penalties, they pay the fees. And you can't. So come on down to our new smart city high rise. Yeah. We got a place for you to stay. See? Oh, yeah. Works nicely. There you go. Have you seen this? This is recent. Uh, Not uh, actually very recent. So uh, we have the Miami Herald. I'm going to put this up here so people can see it. The Miami Herald's publisher, through Cuban-born columnist... What is that? Go ahead. Oh, Columnist Armando Salguero, under the bus for tweeting that he is, quote, sick of the American bashing from people like NFL quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He says, I'm so sick of the American bashing by people who have never lived and would never live anywhere else else and now Seguero is being called a racist he is being blacklisted by the community Seguero shared a video in which Tannehill said these systematic oppressions have been going on for a long time hundreds of years this country was founded Upon racist ideas with slaves being brought here from the day of foundation. We're tired of dealing with the systemic oppression. Seguero called him out. He's a rich white guy. You know, and he's like, look, I'm from Cuba. Seguero actually fled Cuba. His great grandfather was in a died in a Cuban firing squad. Right. So he tweets out at Tannehill this this tweet. And at first, Mindy Marquez, the Herald's publisher and executive editor, says 
The right to freedom of expression and free press are foundational to our democracy. Armando Seguero is a Miami Herald sports columnist, and unlike reporters, columnists have broad latitude to express their opinions. Those opinions do not reflect the views of the Miami Herald. Right? Well, that's what they said on Friday. Now, all of a sudden, now the colleagues of Seguero have been viciously attacking him, calling him terrible names, saying things, you know, bodily harm kind of comments. And now Mindy Marquez says, we've heard from our Miami Herald colleagues and readers in response to our statement, we are listening closely and humbly t- and humbly uh, listen closely and humbly to feedback, and we are grateful for those thoughts. While columnists have broad latitude to express their opinions, his comments were uninformed, insensitive. That's false. And deeply troubling. It's actually Tannehill, not Armando Salguero. It was yes. Tannehill's comments that are, uh, what did she say? Uninformed. Uninformed. And and. Armando Salguero's tweets do not reflect the views or values of the Miami Herald. So the values of the Miami Herald supports bashing America. Right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It gets even worse, right? So, uh, well, you know, Marco Rubio comes in uh, and, and says his little thing, all right? Now, Salguero tweets a video from PragerU on the three-fifths clause. And now Marquez says, we are disappointed, okay? We are disappointed that Armando Seguero linked to a source that is not credible. Dr. Carol Swain, Princeton University professor, is not credible? No. She said, in a separate tweet, Seguero also shared a video from the conservative educational site PragerU entitled Why the Three-Fifths Compromise Was Anti-Slavery. In the video, former Princeton University professor Carol Swain notes that the U.S. Constitution refers to enslaved individuals as persons. She also suggests that the northern states, not the southern states, disapproved of counting slaves as persons for purposes of congressional representation because the counting of slaves would have given the southern states more power in Congress. True, 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 and true. Now, this is an article by thefederalist.com, by the way, so they're going to be pro-Constitution. So they say, although this appears to be the source Marquez dismissed as not credible, Marquez failed to elaborate what part of the video was inaccurate. Now, just so people... Because she can't. Okay, because she can't. Now, just so you... No, a little bit about Carol Swain. All right, I'm going to show you a portion of the Prager U video. So here we go. Audio. Oh. I don't know why the audio is off. All right, so you saw who she was. Okay, I'll back that up there. This is Carol Swain. She is uh, James, part of the James Madison Society. She is from Princeton University. Here is her bio, by the way. Her bio is she's an award-winning political scientist, a former professor of political science and professor of law at Vanderbilt University. 
a lifetime member of the James Madison Society, an international community of scholars affiliated with the James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institutions at Princeton University. Before joining Vanderbilt, Swain was a tenured associate professor of politics and public policy at Princeton University's Woodrow Wilson School of Public Policy and International Affairs. And Dr. Swain is passionate about empowering others to raise their voices in the public square. And you've spoken at an event with her. She's brilliant. She's yes, a super nice lady. Very nice lady. And here we have the uh, Miami Herald claiming that she is not a credible source. Yeah. What black lives don't matter to the to to the Miami Herald? I mean, she's obviously a black woman, mm-hmm. right? I don't I don't understand this. This is crazy. So so uh so yeah, we the have the sports writer. Tannehill gets his info from the sixteen nineteen project. Right. That's all that's all he all he knows is their propaganda, which is which false, is garbage. False complete false, garbage. False, false. Demonstrably false. So Carol Swain is not credible given her expertise on the subject, but Tannehill and the 1619 Project. Whose expertise is playing with his balls. Go. Yes, exactly. And now. He, throw, he throws a ball. Poorly, I might add. Yes, right. And now Armando Seguero is under investigation by the Miami Herald. For having a differing opinion. And. Even though his opinion was not opinion. And, ha- and now has been publicly slandered and libeled as a racist and he can't even pop his head into social media anymore without his own colleagues eviscerating him for being a quote-unquote racist because he tried to teach truth about the Constitution of the United States and history. Using PragerU. I just want to I, I want to point out here to everybody, uh, PragerU is like a, what, like a five-minute, 30,000-foot thing. In the PragerU video, uh, Carol Swain talks about um, another professor. She doesn't actually even quote any of the founders' writings on the Three-Fifths Clause or anything that happens during the ratification debates. So if you want to know what the founders actually said during the ratification debate and how the three-fifths clause, from the words of those who wrote the three-fifths clause, how and it's, it actually works and how it was written to end slavery, you can go to chrisannhall.com and read the article, The Constitution Ended Slavery, Politicians Prolonged It. Right there at chrisannhall.com. For you to have in your hot little hand all the information, truth, fact, history of why the Constitution ended slavery and how the three-fifths clause did not call black people property. There is absolutely no classification in the Constitution whatsoever that uh, requires people to be defined as property. And here's the thing. 
I, I, want, I want to point out that I disagree with Miss Carol Swain about one thing, a specific detail, okay? Here, here the, the Miami or the uh, Federalist.com says that uh, Carol Swain notes that the U.S. Constitution refers to slaves as in, uh, enslaved individuals as persons, which is true. I absolutely agree with that. But she says, no, Dr. Carol Swain notes, uh, she also suggests that northern states, not southern states, disapproved of counting slaves as persons for purposes of congressional representation because counting slaves would give the southern states more power in Congress. Now, that is true, but it also creates that false demarcation between the north and the south. When in reality, northern states still had slaves at the time our Constitution was ratified. If you read the article that I wrote, you actually find out that the state of New York had slaves at the time of our ratification of the Constitution. And completely abolishing slavery at the ratification of our Constitution, James Madison said there were a couple of northern states who would have refused to join with the Constitution had slavery been abolished right then and there. So this is a false paradigm, once again, between the North and the South, and a false paradigm that, that exists that creates this idea that everybody was free in the North and everybody was a slave in the South. Yeah. So there you have. More 1619 Project nonsense. This is how, this is how, they, this is how they've gained influence. I mean, you, and then you have these mouthpieces like, uh, like the idiot Tannehill. The very the very name, the very basis of the 1619 Project is is false, right? Mm-hmm. It's the 1619, the beginning of the, the what do I say, the, the start of American slavery, beginning of American slavery. That's not even true. No, it's not, not even, even true. true. Spanish brought slaves here. Yes. There were Native American oh, yeah. tribes before had Before there were African even slaves. American colonies. Before the Europeans brought a single slave uh, here in 1619. So it's the first, first year, because that's the thing, right? Because it's all that split between brown skin and not brown skin. So you can't point out the fact that actually the first slaves on American soil were brought here by brown skin people. Yes. And were enslaved not by non-brown skin people, whatever that Western is. Western Europeans. Right? Not by the Europeans. I think it's like something like 1565, sometime in the 1500s, the, the Spanish brought black slaves. You had Native American tribes had Africans as slaves here in America before 1619. Yeah. When when the first African slave came on a European slave ship. So right. so the whole the whole premise it starts from a lie and then just spreads into more Rose, lies. That 1619 Rose, Rose, project Rose, Rose. is absolute total garbage. Right. So Nate Bama, this is really this is really brilliant. Nate Bama gives us a super chat. Thank you so much, Nate, for your super chat. Nate is like, he's like a super supporter, right? He's always, but he likes me saying Nate Bama, right? That's why he, uh, yeah. He says, is that why New York and all these major cities are running people out right now? So the government can buy up all the housing and then can cancel the government handout. So, uh, so people have to move to those cities. Yeah. You know, it gives incentive. 
I mean, this this whole thing. Right. So you you run all the people out of L.A. You run all the people out of New York City. Then the then the cities say we can't survive. We have no tax base. Can you please help us? The federal government says sure, we'll help you. We'll turn all your housing into Section Eight housing. Mm-hmm. All your housing will become Section 8 housing. There you have it. No, it drives the narrative. Yep. It it drives the the incentive. The incentive to lean harder towards socialism. So all all of these problems are crafted to divide the people, make them dependent, and then drive them toward the globalist goal. Yep. Absolutely. Well, guys, just a reminder, make sure you go to libertyfirstuniversity.com and you sign up. We have classes on this. We have a class called Slavery and the American Founders. Uh, just a mind-blowing, brilliant class on real history that the, would, would decimate the 1619 Project. We also have How the Constitution ends, Ended Slavery, an in-depth study of the Three-Fifths Clause and the, the uh, sunset of tr- importation of slavery in America. We also have J.C.'s class, More Than Victims, America's Hidden Black History, uh, and the racist paradigm and, and understand who the black founders of America really were. And don't forget to go to GodGunsLiberty.com, get your t-shirts, get your hats, get your mugs. Lots and lots and lots of cool stuff there. We will be in Texas tomorrow. Happy to be with uh, Larry, the bearded black cowboy, doing our In Defense of Liberty uh, Firearms Constitution and hand-to-hand self-defense training. If you want to know about more about that, go to chrisannhall.com. And tom- uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Sherman, Texas, we will do- be doing uh, the right to keep and bear arms and state and local government overreach how your rights are being stripped at the state and local levels, not just at the federal levels. So I want to thank everybody for being here with us today. I want to say God bless and uh, choose liberty first. We will see you next time. (laughs) 